Takeover is a day away. We give our predictions. Super Show is shaping up to be an interesting card. AEW is kicking into full throttle. The following has been paid for by the Gimmick Minute Wrestling Podcast. Let's go! podcast brought to you by media junkies you can catch up on all of our previous episodes in our handy little archives you can find information and interact with our podcast on our twitter and our instagram at live your gimmick that's l-i-v-y-o-u-r-g-i-m-m-i-c-k m-o-u-s-e you can also catch michael and i on media junkies flagship podcast that is called the fanboy fight club podcast but we also have a few other podcasts including rogue agents why are you a gamer uh and uh i don't think i'm missing any but and also this one gimmick minute just search and subscribe to either gimmick minute or media junkie on your favorite podcast app like spotify or apple spotify apple Podcasts, or google Podcasts. And you will find a link to all of our shows. So if you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a five-star review if you feel we deserved it and comment on how you like our show. I do not have an interview segment again this week. Unfortunately, schedules did not align properly, but I do have a few in the works. I even actually uh, got invited to be on somebody else's podcast for an interview uh, along with uh, the other two, if they decide they want to be a part of it as well. So more details on that to come. But make sure you're staying you're staying tuned because we will have something lined up for you pretty soon. If you don't know by now, my name is Jason. I am the self-proclaimed voice of Media Junkie. And on tonight's show, we have both co-hosts joining us today. Let us story on. Kevin is, of course, here. How are you doing tonight? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing great, man. Doing great. Big, big week this week. I'm excited to talk about everything. And of course, it is Saturday night, so it wouldn't be complete without the Saturday night snark attack. Michael, what's going on, man? Uh, I am in mourning. Mourning of who? The beloved Kathy Kelly is leaving after tomorrow's takeover. Oh, yeah, I did hear about that. Kathy Kelly is leaving WWE. That is unfortunate. Yeah, I, I was scrolling through the Modern Toy Fair uh, Instagram feed and just kind of bullshitting around, and then all of a sudden it just popped up. And I'm like, what's this? And it's this long fucking thing, and she's just like, yep, after uh, TakeOver, I'm leaving. But this isn't goodbye. This is just a see you later. And I'm like, I'm sad now. <laughs> Lies, it's goodbye. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All no, right. Her her name isn't Phil Brooks. She could come back. Oh. oh. <laughs> All right. So if you're new to the show, what we do is we start off with a few hot takes, which are basically just some new segments, some different things that are going on in the world of professional wrestling that we definitely want to talk about and give our two cents on. And then we're going to get into the hot and cold segment. And that's where Michael comes up with some creative ways to compare the TV shows that have been on over the last week to whatever he decides is an appropriate thing which or inappropriate most, most of the time it's inappropriate <laughs> yeah. so <laughs> without further ado there's a few different things going on and now for me i'm not really big on rumor and innuendo right i'm not a huge like i, I never wanted this podcast to be a rumor podcast 
or like really dive down too deep into oh what this person said or this person said or what the narrative going on is because a, a lot of times I, I find a lot of that stuff not to even be true and it's just you know much to do about nothing but there have been a few stories that have been kind of interesting and the first of which is uh, aj styles rumor opponent for wrestlemania is the undertaker and um it just seems kind of for me out of nowhere just because the two really have never had much interaction and with aj being hurt and the fact that they haven't even started to build it yet i'm kind of curious to how this is even going to take shape but um you know taker didn't have a match last year at wrestlemania and wrestlemania survived so how do you guys feel about the, the the possibility of the phenomenal one versus the phenom? Oh man, when you built like that, I'm actually on board. You like that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I have very varying thoughts about it. Like part of me, I'm like, no, no, thank you. We don't need to see a retiree take on a guy who wants to retire. I, there's so many better opponents for him, but at the same time, it's one of those things where it's like, this is a match you like three, four years ago, you would have never thought you could have seen. And there's so many of those that we always gripe that we'll never get to see. So I guess I, I can't complain too much. Okay. All right, Kevin, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I, <sighs> <laughs> you can tell when Kevin's not that excited about something. Cause he's always <laughs> like, you know, <sighs> <laughs> no, it's not that it's I wouldn't like be excited. Giant but, shit. Yeah, I mean, it's not that I wouldn't be excited, but I mean, obviously, it would be a phenomenal match. Ooh, wow. yeah, I like what you did there. Yeah. Oh man, now AJ has to come to the ring in like full trench coat and hat and <laughs> call him the phenom Manol one. Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, you got yeah, I get some for the storyline. I guess I don't know. I guess. You know, I mean, there's still time to build. Uh, there they're is. Gonna, if they're going to do it, maybe start next week. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> but, um, I mean, it has intrigue. It's definitely would be a good match, but how good of a match, especially with, and, and maybe, the, but that's the thing, maybe that'll throw us off that, uh, well, Taker can't go anymore, and uh, AJ's hurt, but you watch, they'll go out and, like, have, like, a five-star show stealer. They'll have, they'll have a punk taker S match yeah. where it's like just yeah. fucking incredible from start to finish. And, and, that, and that's, like and that's actually, that's actually kind of why I'm okay with it because undertaker for his career, if he, when he is going <laughs> to wrestle, he, he only, he only has a few matches left. Let's be honest. Maybe, maybe a handful, maybe not. So no, man, he's got that new hip. <laughs> but you know it, regardless though it may be two handfuls okay maybe maybe let's let's say he has 10 matches left right so i i think he just wants to be very picky and choosy about who he works with and he knows a guy like aj styles can can hide some of his flaws and make him look good in a way kind of the way that Shawn michaels did or the way that a guy like cm punk could or a guy like, like the, you know, brian could do it so I feel like I, I, he's gonna if he's gonna be in the ring, it's gonna be with somebody that he feels he can have a good match with. I don't think he wants to do another Bill Goldberg or you know. Uh, Does anybody want to do another Bill Goldberg? <laughs> yeah, well, probably not. <laughs> the themed apparently, but uh, yeah, well, or that's what happens when you get a shitty tribal <laughs> tattoo. 
But but you know what I'm saying. Like he doesn't want to have like a Prince Albert and Big Show match at WrestleMania, right? He wants to have something that that he can he can showcase himself at and feel like he came away with it, contributing to the show as opposed to being a detriment to the show. So I can totally understand the the reasoning behind that if that's where they choose to go with it. So I'm curious and, to see and, how. And they I do. think I think going back to your point about the whole Hayden rumor and stuff, like I mean, we all look at it. We all like like to read about this or that but something like this like it kind of sucks that like it, even the rumor of it like came out because i think the surprise and shock of it would be like holy shit yeah definitely. so, and I, so I, it kind of takes away from it a little bit i guess yeah a little bit definitely if that's a, where they go with it now they could go in a completely different direction and everybody would be like oh they should have done aj and taker well and, that, and that's another problem with the rumors are if it doesn't happen now, people are going to be disappointed, but yet we have no one to blame but ourselves because it was a rumor that got started that everybody just believed. It could have never once been in the plans. Yeah. So that's, that's, and that, that, that you know, that's another reason why I kind of hate some of that stuff. But anyway, moving on. So we, we kind of, we've heard what that might be for WrestleMania. The one, the one item that we don't really know what's really happening with in, in regards to WrestleMania is the universal title. There's a lot of, lot of question marks out there. Again, a lot of rumors out there of what could possibly be happening. So you got the fiend taking on Goldberg at super showdown. So presumably one of those two is going to defend the universal title at WrestleMania. Lots of different predictions out there. Lots of different ways they can go with it. You could have fiend and Roman. You could have, fiend and goldberg again you could have goldberg and roman any combination of of that could could take place or you could even throw brian in there and then hulk hogan somehow got himself involved which we'll talk about a little bit later but like uh man it just seems like the universal title we know where the world championship is going that's going to be presumably brock and and drew mcintyre assuming that ricochet doesn't pull off some weird ass upset at super <laughs> showdown but you know we we know where that title's going but the universal title is all up in the air. so out of the scenarios what what do you guys think would be the best for the universal championship i think one intriguing one was and i think mike did you maybe agree with it was um what about if it was cena versus yeah. the fiend uh, that's the one I was going to bring Cena. up with Cena versus the Fiend. It's just because Cena going for his 17th title. Well, yeah, not just like that, because um, the whole remember aside from Super Showdown, which you know is pretty much just like if you take a movie and it's not canon in the whole universe because they just do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. it goes it, against everything. It goes against it, every storyline. It literally <laughs> does. It just like shits on the the fucking continuity. But anyway, um, if you think about it. The Fiend's whole like gimmick is about getting retribution of people who did things to wrong Wyatt. And when they first built up Wyatt as like, oh, he might be the next big thing, they fed him to Cena at Mania and had him get his ass fucking hand to him. So right there, you already have your built-in, like, that's that's the number one guy that that Wyatt needs revenge on for the Fiend to to feast and you also have on the opposite side to where it's like, okay, it might not be a squash match because they could have seen a go for his, his 17 and, and beat Ric Flair's record. Like mm-hmm. it's the only one where you don't see a definite winner and it makes sense in the story. Cause even if you look at Roman Reigns 
the rubbery between the shield and the Wyatt family wasn't like anything dramatic where like Roman really did anything special to, to piss off the uh, fiend to, to and, meet and, a and mania match. Anybody but you, Roman. Anybody but you. They did have a <laughs> they they had a long standing rivalry, just the two of them outside of the Wyatt family and the Shield. So mm-hmm. I I that I can totally see them going in that direction too. But what you said makes complete sense because the fiend would have an axe to grind with Cena. There would be that story there, and but Roman would make sense as well. So I think it. I think for that it would really just depend on Cena's schedule and if he can commit to. See, to Cena there. said that he is free for WrestleMania, and if they'll let him have a match, he'll do it. So right there, I mean. You don't even really need him to show up regularly because Bray, neighbor Bray, can can build this rivalry on his own. He doesn't need yeah. to be there. No, you, no, do, no. you do one thing where Cena shows up on the 28th, the fiend attacks him, and boom, you've got your you've got your whole setup. You have it be like, oh, Cena maybe disappears for a little bit, stays off social media, then maybe like does like a, a like video vignette or even like a via satellite, since that seems to be the thing SmackDown does now. Um, <laughs> and just let neighbor brave build that rivalry and just basically talk shit and mock Cena for six weeks until mania. Yeah. I like it. What were you going to say, Kev? Um, I just was curious. You guys have Cena and Goldberg ever had like a marquee matchup? I don't know about Marquee, but I feel like they at least crossed paths at one point because that was around the time when he was like the doctor of thugonomics, right? When Goldberg was still around. Yeah, but he was, he was on SmackDown though, and Goldberg was on Raw. Yeah, I, I feel I feel like they never really interacted. To be honest with you, not that I can remember. Because I'm just wondering if they're thinking of like, and I guess that's what's in, at least that's what's interesting about all of this that I know everybody's like, oh god, I the thought of Goldberg versus Reigns for the title and. You know, whatever, whatever combination. But at least, I mean, it's got us thinking. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. Without a doubt. Um, I mean, there's some intrigue around it. And I think it's made, and honestly, we'll talk about it a little bit. I think SmackDown was a hell of a lot better this week than it has been. Um, but uh, outside of just the one segment. But it, it, I think there's some intrigue around what they're what they're doing and what they're going to be doing. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. Hulkamania's going to... Hogan must pose, brother. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. Oh, man, how great would it be if, like... It, as much as I'd love to see Cena versus The Fiend, I'd still love to see Hollywood Hulk Hogan versus The Fiend. I think that'd be hilarious. Like, hits him with the, the boot and then the, the leg drop, and he's posing, and The Fiend just stands up behind him like a fucking horror movie. <laughs> or, oh, uh, better yet, here's a way you can do it without, you know, affecting the mania, like, Cena, Wyatt thing. You have, because since I'm assuming they're doing like they're going to do last year, where they have just the wrestling ring in the middle, and that's where the people who are being inducted, like, go and do their speeches and stuff. You have the NWO there, they're all fucking like, yeah, brother, blah, 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 brother, brother, brother. And then, <laughs> uh, like, you do the lights shut off, you do the red light, and the fiend's there, and he just fucking whoops all their asses and saves Hogan for last and then hits him with the, uh, the claw. <laughs> so you want to see the fiend obliterate the NWO. Yeah. As much as I, I am the biggest NWO mark ever. I mean, fuck, I bought that diesel figure just so I could paint his hair blonde to make myself a fucking Kevin Nash figure. Um, 
but at the same time, I, I still I don't want the the Hollywood Hogan versus Fiend thing to go nowhere. Like I, <laughs> I, I want to see some something with that because that segment was incredible. You want to see you want to see a payoff to it? Okay, I, I want I want to see an old man get zapped swooped by a fucking insane clown posse mother looking motherfucker. <laughs> All right, so we we were mentioning a little bit about SmackDown, so let, let's start at the top of the list though, and let's let's talk a little bit about Raw this week. So I thought Raw this week was pretty good, but uh, Mike, what what kind of uh, what, how would you compare it on the hot and cold scale this week? All right. So raw, raw for me, it's like you, you go into a sandwich shop and you don't really know what you want, but you, you just order like whatever the, the, you know, special of the week or month or depending on where you're at and they give it to you. And you know, it, it was good. It was as advertised. It wasn't like anything, you know, incredible. It's not something you're going to seek out and like, be like, I'm coming back here tomorrow. But it was still like good enough that you you feel like you didn't waste your your time on it. Okay. All right, Kevin, what'd you like about Raw? Um, I'm a little disappointed. That wasn't. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to alternate it, otherwise, you know, I give everyone just all the good and appropriate stuff that I write. You know, I mean, quick. I can only talk know. about you know Pornhub and butt stuff so much before it gets stale. Yeah, I mean, you know, Pornhub, and then you know. Nobody uh, likes nobody likes stale butt stuff. So you know what, what? What did we talk about last week? A little bit. Um, showers last week. Yeah. And, def- and in def- my defense, case. I kept it okay. You're the one who was talking about getting handies in the shower. So <laughs> no, I was talking about uh, urination and and anyway, never mind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is gonna start the Cheeto dust golden shower debate all over again. But anyway, all right. Oh, so God. what what, oh, what no. stood out? What stood out on Raw, dude? Um. I mean, again, Randy Orton, yeah, and, and Matt Hardy. Um, I oh. mean, that might that might have been one of like Matt Hardy's like best promos. Like as as just as just like Matt Hardy. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not like you know, not as broken stuff or anything like that, but just as like a Matt Hardy baby face or whatever. <laughs> he did a real good job with what the heck is that? <laughs> Anybody hear that? I didn't that was that. not my phone. He <laughs> just put that on. <laughs> I just heard Carl or something. Yeah, that was on my phone. I, I didn't realize. I don't normally get texts this late at night from anyone except for you guys. So, especially on a Saturday night when we're doing the podcast, and apparently well, I just got a text. Well, it went from Bluetooth disconnected to Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Look, that's an improvement. Yeah, exactly. Um, what were we talking about again? Raw. Raw. Um, yeah, so you're talking about Matt Hardy's <laughs> promo and how good it was. All that fun yeah, stuff. yeah, it was, it was good. And, um, I was kind of, I'm kind of shocked to see that uh, he's going to have one more appearance. And that was another thing I actually I wanted to talk about. I know it was like hot take wise. Do you guys believe that he's going to show up on AEW eventually? No, I don't. I, I I'll be honest <laughs> with you. I think the I think the rumors of him being done in WWE are completely over exaggerated. Jeff is going to be back here in the not-so-distant future. He's back at the Performance Center. So I see no reason why the Hardy Boys will not be a tag team again in the near future. I honestly think a lot of this shit has to do with they, they just don't know what they're going to do with Matt, and they're kind of, like, beating down his character right now. And now you look at him, and he's in a high-profile thing. A week ago, everybody was like, oh, Matt Hardy's done. They wrote him off TV. Well, now he has a match on Monday night. So no, they didn't write him off TV because he has a match. 
So but see, here's the problem with that. There's there's two major issues. One, you pretty much just sold the concerto as absolutely nothing because you've got Edge who's just vanished off the face of the earth because of it. And then a few weeks later, Matt gets hit and he's just like, I'm back, brother. Let's do this. Like, yeah, but Matt's it, a condition. It, it, felt, it, felt, it felt more like they were kind of, oh, the fans really were into that. So we're going to follow up with it versus just, you know, writing him off. Like, it felt like they were trying to write him off TV because you, no. you, you can't, like, yeah, he's a conditioned wrestler, but it's not like Edge is like Hulk Hogan where he's a feeble old man. Right, like, yeah, he's just it, back, it, but he it, fucking went like 15, 20 minutes in the Rumble, and like, but it was, it, was it's great. He has a history of neck problems, so if somebody slams a chair on the back of his neck after taking the RKO, one would assume he would miss well, a little bit of time because they want to make sure his neck is okay before he were to come back and make it. I've got news for you, Jason. If I hit you with an RKO and slam a chair on your head, you're going to still need some time off, too, regardless of who you are, because when a chair hits your head, it doesn't matter if you're Braun Strowman, or if you're a child, it's still gonna fuck you up. But Matt's already broken, so he's okay. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know. I just. I feel it like what they're what they've done with Matt Hardy. And it, 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 it's it's very. If you look look back, it's very um, similar to what they did with Moxley before Moxley left. Yeah, he knew he was leaving. Yeah, I, so, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Not, but, not, not, just, not to say he is going to. It could be all complete work or whatever. But like, it, if if you look at that, if you kind of look at the details of how Boxley was treated on his way out, and like when he they knew, okay, he's not resigning, and the rumor is that Hardy's not resigning, and that he. Just turned down another deal, so that's that's what just got me kind of like intrigued. Yes, yeah. and also, I mean, you take into like consideration, despite the fact that he has done like these different variations of him through time, he has still seems to express interest in continuing the the woken broken universe stuff. He doesn't want it to end. Like even in the table for three episode, he talked about like wanting to bring it back and do more. Um, but it just seems like they're not interested in going that route with him. And I feel like it's going to be kind of like what the talks for, uh, the revival is where they, their, their stipulations, they want creative control over themselves and they ain't ever going to fucking give anyone that. So I, if he leaves, I feel like it's not going to be because he wants to go to AEW or anything like that. I think it's because he wants to do what he wants to do and they aren't going to let him. Yeah, I can see that. but I'm also going to have to disagree about the creative control thing because Bray Wyatt has creative control over what he's doing. So, I mean, it's, there's, there, there are people, the new day have creative control over what they do. So there are, there are wrestlers that have earned that right. And but see, the thing is, so I, I, control. I, I honestly, th- I honestly think, and, and Eric Bischoff said this, like, actually this past week on his podcast, and I kind of believe him. He said, there's one person up there that has creative control. Only one person. And everybody knows who that is. It's Vince. So I don't know. It's hard. To, it's hard to say. But the New Day has openly talked about how they can basically change what they want to change because they have that develop. They've developed that rapport, and they've talked about this on their podcast very recently that they have that rapport, that trust built up with Vince, that where he knows that if they want to change something, they're going to change it and be like, "Hey, Vince, this is what we changed it to," and he's going to be like, "Okay." 
So yeah, it, but but still, but still, in the end of the day, though, if it's, everything does run through him. Correct. Yeah, the end of the day, the if he time, decides, though, he could say one day, "Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. You can go ahead and change it." But you know, it's not like like Hogan's great control. He at WCW, where you know that doesn't work for me, brother. Right, right. <laughs> but at the same, but at the same time, though, nobody should have. Nobody should be able to because that that's not. In my opinion, that's not good for business. That's not good for Hogan to be able to be like, oh, no, I don't see my character doing that, so I'm just not going to do that because that could be a detriment to a story. That could bury some some younger guy. I mean, nobody really should have that in their contract, so I can understand why somebody doesn't have that. I agree that they shouldn't have 100% career control like over like the, like WCW days level control. But the talent should still have creative control over their characters. Because the problem is when you yeah. have a writer who isn't that character writing for him, it comes off unnatural and then doesn't get the talent over with the crowd. Because you can try your hardest, but if you don't believe in what you're selling, they ain't buying. Like, but then, but that. So, like, yeah, you, you still have to, you know, abide by the rules and have, like, you know, lines in the sand. They still have to run it by Vince and everything. But... I mean, to, if you get to the point where it's like the Moxie Lee situation or Ambrose when he was WWE, where they're making him fucking come out looking like Bane and, and stupid shit like that, like, he, he only did it because he's like, yeah, whatever, I'll, I'll team player, but it was fucking awful. Like, I, I honestly still, like, I didn't really care for Ambrose when he was in the Shield, but when he was by himself, I was just like, when he was like, I'm leaving, I'm like, good, I don't give a shit about this character, and I 100% agree that that's probably because he was just fucking doing whatever stupid shit that creative came up with for him versus letting him kind of be his own person i think we have a misconception of what creative control is like creative control is like i you know like okay like hogan's wcw like basically anything that involved him storyline wise or anything had to be basically approved by him and he was a talent Whereas in the WWE, yeah, New Day could say, oh, we got some control over this, and we run this by Vince and everything, and he had, so they run it by him, and he's the one that agrees on it. He doesn't just sit there and say, oh, yeah, do whatever the hell you want. He has to know what it is. You know what I mean? You see what I'm saying? Like, what creative control really is. I understand where, like, yeah, they want their talent and stuff to you know, hey, I've come up with stuff for us, come up with everything, but in the end of the day, he's the one that has the final say, whereas, like, mm-hmm. with Hogan, yeah. he's a talent. And, and, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll argue this point, too, and that is the fact that, in my opinion, Moxley, Moxley's kind of a pussy, because New Day will say, no, this isn't right for our character, this isn't where I envision this going, we'll try it, if it doesn't work, though, we're doing it our way. And they forced the issue. Moxley but never forced the issue. Like stand on. Not, not really. Not, not when they... the new day after they turned face had been over like Rover for years now. Moxley, right. even when he was in the Shield, no one was fucking going. Yeah, Dean Ambrose. Like even when he fucking had title, but they got, the but fans they got over, for it, but because it was but they got story, over, but they didn't give a shit about him. But they got over doing their thing. They didn't get over doing everything that creative told them to do they like they very detailed talked about some of the struggles they went through they went through a lot of the same struggles that ambrose did but the difference is they stood up for their opinions where ambrose would just go along and be be the company guy if ambrose really truly wanted to do something different i think it would be on him to basically push that issue and say no 
draw a line in the sand and say, no, this isn't working. I know how to do this. I'm going to do this. And then if it, what I do doesn't work, then fucking fire me. Like that's, that's the line that he should have drawn. That's that. No, that's basically, (laughs) that's the problem. He didn't though. Anytime you hear him talking in an interview, he basically said he would fight for it for a minute. And then he would just do what the company said to do because he was tired of fighting. Like he would fight for little (laughs) things, but he wouldn't fight for big things. That's the difference in any interview I've ever heard him talk. And then interviews I've heard other guys talk. That's the difference. They don't settle and they don't accept it where he was settling and accepting it just about all the time. But here's the thing, Jason, like if you you have to look at it from this point of of being that talent, if you go to them and say, this isn't going to work, this is stupid. The fans aren't (laughs) going to either aren't going to hate it, but they aren't going to love it. It's just going to be lost in the fucking fray with all the other garbage that's spewed out. And they're like, no, no, it's, it's good shit. And they send you out there and it doesn't get over and proves you right. And then you do the same thing next week and they still tell you no and they still keep pumping out garbage. Why would you continue? Why would, why would you go out of your way when at that point the fans proved you right? The people who are paying for the tickets, the people who are paying for the network are not interested in what they're doing with Ambrose. Why are you, and, what are you pounding? Are you pounding your oh, desk as you're saying this? Yeah, sorry, I hit my desk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I heard that. I said that you can hear that. I, heard, um, I know. I heard that last time. It's like, uh, this is the, the, the worst part is like I just barely tapped it too. Like that's impressive. All right. Well, really we, I feel like we I feel like we've had this argument before, and it's got. Oh yeah, we we had so, this argument at right after we, he had his interview on. We, we started talking about Raw probably like twenty minutes ago and never got to finish. So let's go ahead and wrap up Raw a little bit here. So I I thought overall Raw was pretty good. Um, the Monday Night Messiah storyline has been getting deeper and deeper. I like that Samoa Joe kind of came out of nowhere. Um, and and got a hold of Seth for a little bit, and uh, the Drew McIntyre, dude, Drew McIntyre, that the crowd was hot for him, like he, like the organic, like where where this is a point where people would like start to kind of shit on a guy like in his status, like the crowd is really embracing him, and uh, I'm happy about that. I'm glad because I, I really like Drew McIntyre. I like where this is going. So, um, but yeah, you know. Another surprise appearance by Barack, I believe, right? Yeah, he, show he, up on Monday? Showed yeah. Up. he made Ricochet know who's boss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I thought overall Raw was pretty good. So, anybody else have anything they want to say about Raw before we move on? Just no, I, think, real. I think you covered it. Nope. Just okay. real quick, the whole thing about, like, it, it seems to me like Alistair Black has just moved from the closet stuff to, like, in-ring, like, the thing in-ring. Squashes. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. like... Instead of doing his vignettes of like who's knocking on my door, now it's like, hey, um, you know, just he's talking after his match. So it's like he moved from one thing, <laughs> like the same thing, but one one location to a different location. Yeah, they were like, we're tired of giving you a camera in a dark. We're just gonna have you do it on TV. I'll be honest. I think where they're going with this is gonna lead to him for the U.S. title, but they have to get Andrade back from suspension first. I honestly think that's that's more along the lines of where this is going to go because they need to do something with him, and if they're not going to put him in a tag team, then he needs to be in the he needs to be in a title picture. And right now, it seems like the U.S. title picture would be the best fit for him. Yeah, I can't imagine seeing him in a tag team. I guess even like when he was a Ricochet, it just didn't make sense to me. No, it didn't. It didn't work at all. Like, yeah, there's not very many other characters on the show that I feel like would mesh well with him as a tag team. But even like down down the line, like. If you made him like a heel and had him oh, like yeah. in a storyline with McIntyre, 
I think those two would have some fucking hard-hitting fucking great matches. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, they would have some great Like, matches. I would love to see that eventually. Yeah. I agree. I definitely agree. All right, so after Raw, we have the Wednesday Night Wars, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about AEW. So with AEW, actually, I thought AEW is a pretty good show this week. I think it's been getting better, but they seem to be focusing more on the main storylines, and I think that's helping outside of the garbage women's division. But, uh, Michael, how would you describe <laughs> AEW? So AEW is, you know, I go in and I order my sandwich, and I get it, and I open up the wrapper, and looks like Michael J. fucking Fox made my, my sandwich. Oh, like, God it's, damn it. Uh, <laughs> it's, there's this lettuce everywhere. Cheese is half off the sandwich. But then I eat it, and it's still just as delicious as, you know, it should be. Like, the, the content was really good. The matches were really well done. I just, I still don't give a shit about their storylines. All right. Kevin, what do you think? Yeah, that's about... Saying, I don't know if Michael J. Fox made mine. Um, <laughs> you know, maybe uh, uh, I'm trying to think of somebody without being too horrible. You can't really Michael top J. mine, so don't, don't, yeah. don't worry. <laughs> Michael J. Fox set the bar pretty damn high. So. Listen, I love Michael J. Fox. Black to the Future is one of my favorite movies of all time. So like, like no 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 disrespect gonna, or anything, but there was, was a fucking say, website where it was Michael J. Fox News where the, like the site site shaked and they had like a thing in the corner saying you're a terrible person, donate to this charity to help people with Parkinson's. Oh, I was wow. going to say something like you know Stevie Wonder made mine, but like oh, oh. Jesus, but like but it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. No, so, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, at least my at least my guy could see the show. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, I actually thought, I don't know, I thought maybe the women's match wasn't too horrible. I just don't, I don't like... Nyla Rose? I don't really like her. Or Riho. <laughs> or Riho, really, no. I mean, I mean, Alice, yeah. I mean, Britt, Britt Baker, outside of her, I, I'm kind of with you, I'm still not a huge fan of the women's division. I, I think they'll maybe get better eventually, but like I said, they're still lacking that... that like one person to really oversee them, it seems like. Like yeah. WWE for years and always has had Fit Finley. Like it's like they need somebody like that. So um I'm still I'm kinda liking this whole dissension with the elite and with Hangman Page in there and Yeah. Yeah. Um there's even been rumors of actual dissent like backstage. Now whether that's just being put on or whatever, but I guess there's been some like dissent backstage between like um like Kenny Omega and like Cody about some things. Um like I said, whether that's all fully true or not, who knows. We are to uh, rumor an into window show, damn it. Into window. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and I just wanna know where I can buy one of those uh neck scarves. Or neck bandanas that Jericho has. So <laughs> the Jericho neck bandana. Yeah, I mean you could probably find them at any like hipster thrift store. Who's the the guy that debuted at the end of the show? Have you guys ever really Jeff, seen him? Jeff Cobb. I've heard. I've heard you of him. The, the, the big guy who was yeah. from Ring of Honor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jeff Cobb. Okay. I think I yeah. feel like he's Samoan though too, which is weird that his name is Jeff Cobb because that sounds like the whitest name ever. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like he's Umaga or. Like the Uso, like you know, what I mean? like AEW isn't racist man. and names all of their goddamn Samoan guys. Stupid yeah. shit. That sounds Samoan. 
But even okay, so Jimmy and Jay Uso, their their names are more Samoan than that. So I don't want to hear it. Like that's not being racist. Like their names are like Ju- their last name is Fatu. Like it's not. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm to say though, like, they don't just go, oh, Samoan dudes. So we have to give them a Samoan name. <laughs> anyway, regardless next, of the fact, next week they'll have like a black guy debut, and his name will be like. Jim Brown, or not Jim Brown. <laughs> John, uh, it'll, be, it'll, be, it'll be like Jack White or something. It'll be like <laughs> Jim Brown. That's like some MLB shit. Like if you, if you look at like baseball players' names, You'll look at a name and like Howie Kendrick, right? You'll be like, "Oh, Howie Kendrick, that's obviously a white guy." No, totally not. He's black. But you like you look at a name and you think you look at it, and it, it's usually true in baseball. You can like you think you know the the race or the color of the person's skin just based off the name. It's like the complete opposite. That be it's kind of. Fun. But anyway, all right, moving on from that. So yeah, Man, AW, this is a turn. AEW. I thought that was uh, I thought that was a decent show. Um, but uh, NXT, on the other hand, I thought was phenomenal. Mike, what kind of sandwich did you get from NXT? Oh, so NXT, I went to the, I went to my favorite shop. I ordered my usual sandwich. <laughs> it was really good, but it just it felt like it was missing something. It felt like it was, it yeah, just, it wasn't like I what I expected. I feel like maybe the wrong person made it that week, this week or something, but it just didn't live up to like the my my weekly visit. Yeah, it's... Um, the matches were still incredible for the the show. It just and, and the whole thing with uh, uh, Strong and, and Velveteen Dream. I'm crazy excited for that. Even though they're just gonna throw it on a random NXT. Um, yeah, it's not gonna be on Takeover. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I expected that to just be like an instant build for this Takeover. But I guess maybe they're gonna build it for Mania Weekend or something. Um, but like, I still really enjoyed it. It's still one of the best shows out of the the four of the week. Uh, it just it. I feel like compared to where it's been the past like month, it just didn't quite hit that uh, expected level for me. All right, what about you, Kev? Yeah, it, it's kind of like it's like you have, you order like you want brown spicy mustard on your sandwich, and you get this plain yellow. No, oh. so, um, like the like like Mike said, the matches and stuff were like all hit qualities for me. But like mm-hmm. as for a go home show, it was kind of a miss. Okay. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, like, I like, it didn't feel like a go home show. It didn't feel yeah. like it was there like, all the builds for this Sunday were all just like stare downs. Like awesome match with someone who has nothing to do with storyline and in the middle of the ring staring down. And and it's just like, okay, I, I get we've got a lot of story build up, but you know, you can you can keep doing that. Yeah, well, like the, yeah, the quality some of the yeah, quality matches there, but as far as like overall show, I thought it was just kind of <laughs> I'm not saying like weak show, but like it just hasn't been oh, I where it. I guess it hasn't been. So definitely. All right. So while we're while we're on the topic, let's just go ahead and get into our our next round up against the Reality Check Wrestling Podcast. So they uh, Rob sent us over the list of the matches, and uh, we're, we're going to go based off the point system on them again. Right. So we're we skipping here. SmackDown. No, we're gonna we're just gonna do these since we're talking about NXT, then move on to SmackDown. And, okay. Which it looks like I did not get sent it, so I will just kind of play off of you guys. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I lost the email, and it's, it, I, it's okay. I got it. I'll type everybody. 
That's okay. Right. I'm just this point. I can't watch you type it in live and, and correct you as you misspell things or put them yeah. in the wrong place. Yeah, you can go fuck yourself there. So <laughs> <laughs> let's start off at the top of the card with the NXT. Rippy. Rhea Ripley versus Rhea Ripley. Wait, wait. Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair. So I I picked Rhea to retain. Uh, yeah. Kevin. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I feel like it just it as much as I'd love to have that swerve, especially considering you know we still have a couple months till Mania that they could still you know have Rhea win it back or it just I just don't see them doing it because they've oh. already kind of spoiled that with Flair. And real quick, remind me, once we get done with these picks, there's something we do need to go back and talk about on Raw real quick. So anyway, go ahead. Okay, all right. Now, we got the battle of the... How do I put this? The battle of the flag bearers of NXT, kind of like the um, the Tommy Dreamer, if you will, NXT. So you got Finn Balor on one side who basically kind of rose NXT to, to what it's become. And then you got Johnny Gargano, who kind of picked that ball up and just ran with it and became Johnny Take. So this one honestly could go either way. I went with Finn personally because I, I feel like that I feel like this is going to be a series, and for it to be a series, I think the heel needs to win the first one. So I think Finn's going to take it, but I don't know. It could go either way. So what about you guys? Mm. It's it's kind of hard because like you're right. It could, it. it it's clearly going to be like a series. That's just NXT's kind of like. I can I can also see it going, I can see it going to a no decision. I, I don't see them going that route. I see if they do that, I feel like this paper, it being its its first time being like a takeover in a long time that stands by itself without a WWE paper pay per view next to it. I don't see it. Just it the card isn't that strong for me, and I I don't see it being no decision because I feel like that'd be a huge turnoff. Um, I'm, oh, I'm going to go with Balor because right. I think that it's going to be a situation where he just fucking beats the shit out of Gargano and then Gargano is going to be like, I'm not finished with you. And that's going to be like how they continue. All right. Kevin, what about you? So we don't know what they've picked yet, right? No, we have no idea. So we can't cheat. <laughs> yeah. No, I just, I just. I don't know, my, my gut's telling me Finn, but then I'm, my heart's going with Gargano. Just because I... I would, just, this is such a toss. Like you said, there's no way this is not going to be a three, four, five series, whatever. Oh, yeah. Like, if it was just, you know... It's just a matter of who, who do you want to put over Ray from the beginning. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with Gargano, and I think like Finn like attacks him pretty bad after the match or something like that. So, all right, I like that. Okay, all right. So now we got the tag team titles, and it's gonna be the Broser Weights, who are the winners of the Dusty Classic, going up against the Undisputed Era, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. Man, I, again, another tough one. I feel God. like Undisputed Era is gonna have to fall eventually, but I don't think it's gonna be in this match. I think Undisputed Era takes it. I, I, I don't want to root against my boys with posts, so I don't really care. Um, I, 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 I'm going to go with the Broserwitz just because I feel like there's so much focus on them right now, and I feel like I've seen them so much more than I've seen most of the Undisputed Era on NXT that yeah. 
I think it's going to be them. And I feel like this is going to be like the home stretch of slowly the Undisputed Era losing all the titles. Yeah, right. I was just thinking that too. All right. You going the same way with the Broserweights? Yeah, I think just for that reason. I mean, they spent so much money on that paddle boat. Why would you do that if you're not going to put the title? <laughs> Dude, that is the coolest fucking little car that they get. All right, that's so... What, that's what their fucking adventure to get inside Triple H's play. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the... ship, And uh, we got Keith Lee defending against Dominic Dajakovic. I think it's going to be a good match, but there's no way Keith... Yeah, that they're not. Keith Lee is way too over for them to just be like, "Okay, we're gonna give you the, the title, take it right off you." Feel the same way, Kev. Oh, basking his glory. All right, all right. Speaking of basking, Tegan Knox wants the basket. Well, I, I don't know where I was going. I don't know where you're going with that at all. But what's I, don't, I don't know where you're going at all because <laughs> that was I, a little spicy splice there. Yeah, yeah, it's like, oh, she's basking. What, Jason? I try, I tried to transition it on the and I so we'll just go ahead and move on. So Tegan Knox wants to take a bath in Dakota Kai's blood oh. because of mm. bad that blood between them. Ooh. So let's let's uh, this this I think is going to be a tough one. I this one could easily be a no decision. Could just keep fighting. Oh, it's a street fight. Yeah, so it can't be Jason. <laughs> well, then again, then again, then again. he is owned by WWE, so you can fucking have no decision, no matter what type of match it is. All right, I got Tegan Knox in this one. Uh, Jason. Oh, God. You know, I'm, I'm going Knox. Yeah, me too. All right. I almost feel like one of us should go the other way, just so we at least somewhere like I almost was thinking Dakota Kai. <laughs> All right, and then we have the NXT World Heavyweight Championship. Adam Cole, Abe versus No One Will Survive, Tommaso Ciampa. Daddy's home. I think Tommaso Ciampa finally takes Goldie back. I, I'm going the opposite way. I think that Adam Cole's going to be the last standing of Undisputed Era with any gold on it around his waist. Okay. Yeah, I got to go that way too. Okay. If, if they hadn't made such a big point about this being important for Cole solely because if he loses his match, he will not become the longest reigning champion of NXT, I, I would have said Ciampa, but I just I, I don't see them like <laughs> built to that point for them to just be like, and he loses. Like I don't think he'll win clean by any means. I have a strong feeling that the Undisputed Era is going to come out and whoop fucking Ciampa's ass, and that's how he's going to win. And that's how it's going to keep going until Mania. But I just, I just can't see them not having him become the longest reigning. Okay. All right. So you guys got Cole. I picked Ciampa. And uh, anybody want to change anything before we move on? No, I, I think one thing I want to say about this pay-per-view while we're on here is, like, I feel like, you know how they always bring it, like, with these takeovers, especially the night before Rumbles and Manias or whatever? Like, I, no doubt I think they're going to bring it. But... I, you have that that feeling that maybe it won't be. As... Yeah, that, that's that's what I was mentioning. Is like this, like this it, takeover I, just doesn't feel as strong as what they usually are used to. Like it, I think any time matches. Anytime like, I felt that way though, I've watched it and it is completely stolen. Just right. Toward well, the NXT, now. it's it's gonna it's gonna have yeah, it's no what. Especially like you got like people like Cole, Chapa, Finn, <laughs> Dano, I just like, I just had that like little tiny like. 
that Willow's tiny feeling like uh I, I then, think it's, but then but then you keep thinking, yeah, there's NXT, they probably will bring it. So I, I think it's just because we only have two like matches that really stand out on the card that are like all watching this just so I can see those no matter what. And the rest of them are just like if I miss it, it's not the end of the world kind I, of thing. I don't know. I I think that the Dakota Kai Tegan Knox match That's I, gonna be great. I, I think that honestly, I think that will be like I don't say bloodbath, but like I think that No, according has, to Jason, it's a bloodbath. She's gonna just <laughs> she's gonna turn the sheen of Baszler and just be like, oh. <laughs> oh god, okay, yeah, we gotta get to that. All right. So, so, is, what, uh, it, so, so instead of a street fight, that was gonna be, isn't no, that's right. Instead of a street fight, is it gonna be that time of a month match? Oh, oh my oh, Jesus god, Christ. Kevin. Okay. Why don't you go ahead and tell us what you wanted to bring oh, up from man, Raw? We just lost top fifty status. Completely on. Well, you just you guys just said it. Shane, whole, we didn't talk about Shane Baszler. Well, that's because oh, that was that was no, I don't know was, how to keep my wrestling. No, that was that was on Raw. You're right. Yeah, I, it was I, on I, Raw. I was like, I thought Becky was the Raw champion. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. Yeah, I was but thinking... the whole fucking vampire yeah, oh, yeah, shit. That was, cra- that was crazy. That was she's weird. she's the new member of the fucking Brood, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that was a little weird. I, I, it's kind of funny though because like people were like clowning Becky Lynch for not selling it right on on well, like why isn't she selling that she got bit in the neck? I mean, she had it like taped up the next day at an event that she went to, so I mean, she was definitely selling it. So I don't and also, understand. Who the fuck knows how to sell someone biting a chunk out of your neck? That's not right. a common yeah. thing. That's yeah. not like it's not like oh, you fucking poked my eye out. That's no. You who the fuck bites a chunk out of someone's neck? I thought it was weird that she like threw the EMTs out of the ambulance and drove herself to the hospital. In the right, and then, fucking, then she goes and gets fixed up, throws them out again, <laughs> and drives her ass back. I feel like I feel like that's illegal, personally. But uh, <laughs> yeah, whatever. All right, teach their own. Becky. I good. mean, that's how she got out of the three thousand dollar bill for getting taken to the ambulance. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was, that was about that, yeah, so. good. Good call that we totally forgot about. Yeah, that was that was definitely a turn. I, I expected Shayna Baszler to probably be Becky's challenger for WrestleMania, but I didn't expect her to show up and bite her in the neck. Like that was, yeah, like, that was such a random thing. Like I almost feel like if they're gonna go for the the Mike Tyson like esque thing with her, they should have just had her like follow through with that like exact and had her like feel like she was biting off her ear or something. Well, yeah, but Mike Tyson actually bit his ear off, so I don't know how you Yeah, but, like, you I don't can know how be, like, like, she, like, Becky, looks like she's biting it, and Becky fights her off, and their ear's all bloody or something like that. Like, I'm, sure Becky, I'm sure Becky will do anything for her story. I don't know if she wants to lose an ear. Like, well, no, that's... I say she has to lose an ear. <laughs> you, you clearly didn't pay attention. I said that, you know, she have it look like she's, like, trying to bite her ear off, Becky yeah. fights her off, and then her ear's all bloody. Bite one of her nips off or something. Jesus oh, my Christ! <laughs> what? I'm gonna get raw. <laughs> oh, oh my god man. bite one of her na- all right anyway all right. <laughs> that's the title of the show <laughs> let's go ahead and talk about smackdown smackdown oh, man. man i thought this was one of the better smackdowns and really the firefly funhouse whole thing with hulk hogan i think pretty much sealed it but i thought other than that the show was actually pretty good what kind of sandwich <laughs> we eat in this smackdown I mean, so SmackDown, I, I went to, I was in a hurry. I just went to, you know, the closest shop, which just happened to not be the greatest. And, you know, I just ordered whatever I could find that looked decent. And it was better than I expected, but it still was pretty subpar. I mean, the only segments that really blew me away weren't in the match, like, or in the ring. 
they were all fucking <laughs> videos and via satellite bullshit. Like, <laughs> I feel like, like Otis, that was, you know, I feel like it was like not quite as well done as it could have been. I feel like there should have been a little better storytelling with that instead of it just being cut up and then him showing up and Ziggler sitting there. Um, and the Hogan fucking Bray Wyatt thing, that's just cold. But I feel like at this point, anyone you put with Bray Wyatt, it's going to be fucking incredible. Um, yeah, and like the matches like weren't bad by any means, but I, I do find it funny that they're like, oh, the Usos, so we're going to have to uh, just have someone who has a history of Miz. Let's choose Debray, who literally last week beat the shit out of a dude in a, like a half heel turn, half not heel turn thing, and now he's just a good guy beating up Miz again. <laughs> like, that made no sense to me. Yeah. What about you, Kev? Um, I mean, one thing I noticed was how, like, was me or the, like, the crowd was pretty hot last night. Like, I thought the crowd see, was incredibly hot, yeah. They're really, really um, livelier than yeah. um, normal, or uh, as a recent. Um, uh, I was just trying to, before I get into the Firefly Funhouse, I was trying to, I thought the main event was good. Good entertaining match. Um, and then we had that little thing with Corbin, but I'm hoping this has got to be the payoff, or the blow-off has got to be. <laughs> you would hope so. You know, everybody's going to move on after that game. Until Reigns wins the Universal title and his first challenger is going to be Corbin. So, (laughs) (laughs) Joke's on you. It's just going to, Corbin's going to be in the match with Bray. Yeah. It's going to be a triple threat. Yeah. Loser loser takes Corbin as their next rivalry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, Yeah, the whole Otis thing. That kind of like it was like a show up, and then it just like didn't lead anywhere. I'm sure it will, but that was kind of just cut. And yeah, um, I was really excited for that. Like I wanted to see Otis on Mandy. Like I thought it would have been entertaining to watch that. Mm-hmm. And then you didn't even get like I can understand Dolph interrupting the date later on, and maybe like Otis gets up and goes to the bathroom or something like that, and then Dolph slides in and and tries to take over or something, but. Like I, I wanted to see that interaction between the two of them for a little bit first, so I was really disappointed we didn't get that. But so, 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 so let um, me let me fantasy book this for you because I've been thinking yesterday. Oh God, oh God. <laughs> so, what? Well, I'm not going to be like bite, bite or nip off like some people in the room. Um, <laughs> so the way I see this, oh yeah, like, <laughs> um, <laughs> is you know you have them show up to dinner and you know they're making small chat and all that dinner shows up and you know he starts eating like a slob and she's kind of looking at him like what the fuck is wrong with you and he just kind of gets shameful and like puts it down starts eating it like a normal person um kind of cuts in and up throughout the show and then at have it end with like the waiter coming up you know saying he's got the check and that's ziggler and ziggler attacks him like okay All like right. that would have been in my opinion a way better way especially if it's clearly going to be otis versus ziggler now like that that's clear what like the point of that was. At least it better be otherwise. That was a even shittier end to it. Um, it just seems like the a way better way than just have him like, oh, he sat down at my table and I'm sad and I'm gonna drop these roses and walk away. Yeah, yeah, that was a little weird. It definitely was, especially because like they didn't even have her like look like she was con- like, why the fuck are you sitting down or anything? It was just, oh, why are you here? And then he is next thing you know, he's just sitting there and they're having conversation like. Right. Like they're BFFs or something. 
and, and yeah, it, it, it was. It, but you know, it, it. I'm curious to see kind of where it goes from here, and I, I feel like Oda actually maybe get the girl and then pay off with it, which will also be really weird if it does happen. But I mean, I, I would even been cool with if they would have just left Ziggler out of it, and this whole thing end up where it was just some cruel like high school popular girl prank where she fucking gets him there and then she just is like why the fuck would i want to have dinner with you you're fucking gross ew get away from me and then like her real date shows up and it's ziggler or something like anything but what we got like that right. was such a fucking letdown from weeks and weeks of fucking hilarious build-up yeah. but on top of all that it doesn't matter firefly funhouse <laughs> still the oh, show yeah. still that, the show that i mean it just I think we all talked. I think we all probably marked out for that big time when they oh, cut yeah. to the black and white. Yeah, but, it's it's yeah, but, it's but like Wyatt's that. his timing was impeccable with all of his punchlines, just from coming in, playing the guitar, ripping the shirt, doing the side pose, saying "Don't have too much candy." It might be too sweet. Um, you know, like just saying. Let me tell you. He even hit the "Let me tell you something." Yeah, did it in like a real Bray Wyatt esque way, which was mm-hmm. which was amazing. Yeah, I just it it was just it was great. I, I just you know Hogan was kind of you know laughing <laughs> it off, and then um and then kind of checked out. But yeah, Wyatt, great, loved it. Yeah, and also like the uh pretty sure it was Bray Wyatt who tweeted out a fucking picture or gif of him doing the guitar on the, the Universal Championship and it said doing it better than uh core combat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, damn, poor O'Reilly. That's like his, his fucking biggest trait and you're stealing it from him. Jason, you there? Jason, did you did you finally? Did, it's no longer just cutting you out; it's just cutting you out, like yeah, off the show. Like it's just cut him off. Yeah. Right. Well, I guess well, I mean, gonna... so. So I guess we're wrapping up SmackDown. So uh, do you have a history lesson? <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't know. I guess I'll just yeah history lessons. Actually, I was going to talk about his little thing with Hogan. Um. Jason, you're back yet? No? No, he's not. Uh-oh. We'll keep going. We'll keep the show alive. We don't need him. Okay. So, my little history lesson, and um, Mike, do you remember the the main event special? Um, it was actually happened a week ago, oh, 20-some years ago. The, the Hogan-Andre rematch, um, the twin referees. Do you remember that whole angle? Yeah. I, I, I vaguely remember it. I think I've seen something recently, like someone made fun of it on Instagram or something. Like they they made referees out of the action figures, and they're like, "You thought there was the twins? Well, now there's a triplet." And they like, have <laughs> "Oh my one. god, that's hilarious!" A triplet. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's actually this past week's actually anniversary of that, and I was just gonna talk about that. It was actually the night of the debut of the uh, famous Winged Eagle belt. A uh, little tidbit of history about that show was that uh, um, Hogan actually did like. Pro- yeah, and this is it. Oh, oh, he's oh. He's <laughs> All right, sorry. Cool. We, we we carried the show without you. 
Appreciate yeah. that. I can't wait to listen back to see what you guys said while I was gone. We actually kept it professional and, and kept on topic until you rudely interrupted. Oh, yeah. my fault. I was, I, was giving my, I was talking about a little history lesson. Yeah, we were doing so. the history lesson for the week, and you were like, I'm back, guys. I'm back. <laughs> Fuck well, you. Sorry. He was like, Paige here. I'm back. <laughs> Jason here. I'm back. <laughs> So te- technical difficulties. I apologize. So what was the history lesson this week? Um, so I was talking about how uh, about a week ago was the anniversary of the uh, Hogan Andre rematch from the main event. Oh yeah, and with a little uh, twin original twin magic. Yeah, uh, the twin referees, which Bruce Pritchard and and many others call the greatest angle in the history of wrestling. Yeah. Um, which is, that's high praise. Um, but I was actually talking about how that was actually the night of the debut of the Winged Eagle Belt. It was, yeah. And, um, a little fun trivia fact about that is that in the opening promo that Hogan, you know how they used to do on Saturday night's main event, um, they would, you know, do that little, uh, montage. Everybody would talk about who they're facing or whatever. So in that opening promo, and actually in Hogan's interview right before the match, he had the old belt that, like they call it, the Hogan 87 belt on. And then literally two minutes later, when he came out to the ring, he had the winged eagle on. So that kind of like, that just shows you like back then, you would have never known that just because of how probably people paid attention, never probably paid attention to details like that. Whereas now we'd be like, wait a second. He, the, right. the the universal title is red, and he just came out and it's blue. <laughs> but like, I mean, no, met, you remember, know what I mean? remember when AJ was champion last time, and like apparently he left the real belt somewhere, so they had to give him like one well, of the extra ones they had, and instead of the red stripe across, yeah, the, the black logo, one, on the it. black one. People, are like, they're changing the title. They're changing. It. <laughs> Look at it, and yeah. it's like, oh, like just something that minuscule set us off. Imagine if they came out with something that dramatically different and didn't have a big presentation, people lose their shit. Right. Yeah, so I yeah, guess like it's it, it, so it just shows you where in history where we've evolved and you know yeah. um, attention to detail to whereas back then like I said you know obviously Hogan's backstage interview right before his match well, was obviously probably taped earlier in the day or the day before but I guess what happened was that um, the new belt actually got delivered like that morning or that afternoon and that promo that he cut like the backstage one with me and Gene like was done in the morning and then I guess like two three hours later the new belt came in so that's why they just went ahead and debuted it so yeah so and the winged eagle my favorite world championship by far by far and you know what's funny like I remember that Saturday night's main event and a lot of people give me it was, shit, a, it so, was on Friday yeah a, a lot of people yeah well it was a NBC main event special whatever yeah right live so show. Yep. So a lot of people give me shit because, um, you know, I'll tell them some of my earliest memories of, of wrestling. And one of them was honestly, my earliest memory was Hogan body slamming Andre at WrestleMania three. And people are like, Oh, you know, cause we were born in 83 that happened in what? 87, six or yeah, 87. Right. So, you know, we're like four. We, 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 we had just turned four years old. Cause yeah. Been- Right. So, you know, you don't remember a whole lot from that, but I do specifically remember my dad waking me up and bringing me downstairs to watch that match. And I remember 
watching that main event with the dual Hepners, I was at my aunt's house spending the night and we had brought like a little TV up to the room that I was sleeping in because my, it was basically like my, my aunts who were younger at the time watching me because all the grownups were like going out. So it was like my aunts that were in high school and my, you know, that they were the ones watching me. And I think they just wanted me to like be quiet in the room. So they put the wrestling show on for me. So I remember laying in a bedroom at my aunt's house watching that, that main event special and just being completely like, like was, I couldn't sleep because I was like, how were there two referees? How was Hogan? Not yeah. Like, yeah. No, that was, that was the biggest thing for me. was like, that was like one of my biggest memories of like i i remember tidbits it's like that's not my first memory of watching wrestling but that was like my first big show of right. watching and then a month later wrestlemania 4 um so my thing was i remember watching that too you know and i always remember i'm like wait a second and like many people you're like wait hogan's not champion anymore like what right. the hell's going on right, like you're right. just so confused but, and he was and he was like yelling like uh, what kind of pla- like how much do they pay yeah, for surgery you know. and stuff like that. <laughs> the funny thing too is that when he threw Hebner out of the ring, he like overshot everybody where he was throwing, and Hebner like landed like real bad. And the funny yeah. thing is, is that Andre, they said Andre could have literally put his arms out and probably caught him like a baby, and they said that Andre just said ah, fuck it and just let him fall. <laughs> But my recommendation for anybody, go back get the WWE Network, find the show, go ahead and this week watch that show. So it's what actually is still one of my favorite things to go back and watch all the time. There's only two matches. They have a match at the end with Strike Force and Heart Foundation, but it was such like they actually the show was closing and they barely got the match in time as they were going to closing credits because that, I mean it wasn't about that it was about Hogan and Andre but Macho Man right. and Honky Tonk Man had a good show. it just had a real good vibe feel of the show nice classic show to go back and watch yeah definitely I, I agree alright cool well thank you Kevin for that really appreciate it and again sorry for the technical difficulties where I cut out on you guys a little bit ago but uh, definitely make sure that you check out our show social media accounts you can basically find us anywhere on twitter and instagram at live your gimmick the l-i-v-y-o-u-r-g-i-m-m-i-c-k so basically live without the usc there you go live without the e your gimmick you can also check out all the different media junkie accounts that we have so media junkie uh at media junkie vids on instagram and twitter you can also check out our youtube channel youtube.com slash media junkie we have other podcasts that we offer. Michael and I are on the Fanboy Fight Club podcast, which is basically a flagship show. But we have a few others like Rogue Agents and Why Are You a Gamer? And then we also have um, T-shirts for sale that Mike has designed that look awesome. Like my my PWO T-shirt that I'm wearing right now, my Podcast World Order T-shirt. So you can uh, check out the different shirts that he has. Mike, do you want to get more specific on the link? Yeah, so uh, if you go to tpublic.com, search Gimmick Minute, Media Junkie, Fanboy Flight Club, Modern Toy Fair, uh, even Why Are You a Gamer, it will bring up all of those designs. If you click on one of them inside the description, you'll see a little blue link that says Vault of Personality Comics. Click on that, takes you to my store, has everything else I have on top of all the Media Junkie S stuff. 
also big announcement uh, this weekend, we will have two new shirts going up and one of them is going to be the GM BFF shirt. And okay. the other is going to be it's very similar. It's the, you don't know you're a GM BFF. <laughs> and, the, and those are shout outs to Conrad Thompson. Yes, and Chris Jericho and Dustin Reynolds. Yeah, yeah. so we need to maybe tag them on this episode and and Twitter. And also, if if any of them are listening, which I know they are, especially Conrad, he's a top 50 wrestling podcast, we're top 50, he wants to see the competition, so if you're listening, send us your your size and your address, and I'll be happy to give a minute BFF shirt. Maybe some money, too. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> there we go there we go all right thank you for that appreciate it thank you guys for listening to the show this week um hopefully you enjoyed it i think we had a, a fun conversation so hopefully we do way better against the reality check podcast with this nxt takeover than we did yeah you're going down fucker. weekend yeah. i mean i feel like this, this one doesn't have anywhere near as much anxiety for it to, for that to happen <laughs> <laughs> thanks pessimist all right so make sure you subscribe, share. If you are on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. You can also find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Chromecast, or Google Chrome, Google Podcasts. You can do know. it. Dude, I'm, I apparently am just falling apart right now. So thank you <laughs> yeah, for listening. Y- Yahoo Chrome. Why yeah. <laughs> now? You can find us. The Amazon. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. You can also find us on CastBox and other podcast app platforms such as Spotify. So wait, so you think by talking like that, you're not going <laughs> to... It's like if I get my radio voice going. Hey, they my radio know. voice. They will... It worked. Uh-huh. It worked. Thank you, know, Mike, you for listening. You know, Mike, when, you were, we're, when Jason cut out, weren't you and I thinking there for a second? This is our break. This is our chance. People are gonna. This is gonna be the most listened thirty-five seconds of the show, and we're gonna break out and have our own. It's, 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 it's like the fucking Goldberg segment on SmackDown last week. It's gonna be the fucking highest-rated part. Yeah. And then he came back. You yeah. guys are more than welcome to have a Mike and Kevin spinoff. <laughs> hey, we we were ready to fucking you know be called up when you were like, I'm sick, I can't do it. We were gonna do this shit on our own. All right. Well, I appreciate that. So thank you guys very much. I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. And thank you guys for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed it. He sees because they're asking after he doesn't want to break away, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I need you guys. Otherwise, don't want to listen to me. <laughs> oh, my God. Remember to be a fan and always live your gimmick. Thank you. Goodbye, everybody. It's the mic. <laughs>